Welcome to the Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Diego, what's up, dude? We have an amazing story today, one that like really brought me close to tears. Uh, stay, stay to the end, guys, because the story is amazing. Sebastian is going to talk about how he came to this country only seven years ago, not even knowing English, then went on to this year. He's finally made his mark of $100,000, first time reaching a six-figure mark, four properties closing on or, or wrapping up his last one uh for for right now the fifth one for airbnb it's huge what he's done in seven years from not knowing the language to now on his fifth property yeah it's incredible to see his story his journey and how he started from zero as a dishwasher to working up the ladder on the banking industry and then quitting to like to just now doing real estate full-time it's an incredible story and people are gonna get a lot of inspiration from it Absolutely. So let's get over to Sebastian. But before that, let's get a quick story from our sponsor. Hey guys, the boys over at REI Call Center can get you a cold caller, a professional cold caller that can call up to 6,000 phone numbers for you a month. The price is $1,099 and that includes a whole bunch of systems and processes, plus a lot of backup and any help that you might need. If you are a professional in the real estate industry, you got to have a cold caller, reicallcenter.com. Sebastian, brother, welcome to the Rat Race to Five podcast. We're super excited about your story from coming to this country. You were telling me like only seven, eight years ago, like I'm so ready to get started with this dude, but how are you doing today? I know you just recently had a baby. Good, good, good. Amazing. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for letting me share my story. Uh, yeah, I recently got my baby. He's five months old. Uh, he's going to be seven soon. No, oh, sorry, six soon. Uh, and it's been a journey, an interesting journey. Many things to learn, and I'm happy. Oh, man. You can see it on your face. Diego, what's up, dude? How are you? I'll be seeing you this weekend in Arizona, but what's up, bro? Yeah, man. I am very excited. We're going to be sharing a little bit about our story with Red Race and how we work as partners. So it's going to be great. Overall, Austin, as always, is great. Life is good. I love it. I love it. Um, so, Sebastian, let's get started with you, bro. Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do in real estate, who you are. We'll get into numbers and a deal and all that later, but give us kind of the background on who you are, how you came to this country. You said you were an immigrant earlier. Uh, tell us about your baby. Like, give us a 30,000 foot view so the listeners can find out who Sebastian is. Cool, cool. Absolutely. Uh, Sebastian came to the U.S. seven years ago. Uh, I was I was born and uh, raised, born and raised in Colombia. I moved uh, when I was 25. Uh I had an interesting, uh, I don't know, time there because things are completely different. I never spoke English as my first language or even a second language. I, I learned recently. Um, so that, that was an interesting change that I took when I moved here. Uh, but back home, I was, I don't know, I was an interesting kid. I was a troublemaker. <laughs> I was always <laughs> in some type of uh, issues and I like it to have fun. I play a lot of sports and video games and I always like to, I work since I'm pretty young. I left my house when I was 12. So I work since I'm pretty, pretty young. 
Uh, but I always like to be, you know, a happy kid. <laughs> oh, so, awesome. Sebastian, uh, tell us the story of how you came here to the United States. Uh, I came here uh, in 2015 because I had the dream to become a stockbroker. That was my, my the thing that I liked the most. So my dream was to go to the Wall Street and, and work there. Uh, so after I finished my school, I moved to the States. And when I realized that I, you know, I moved to Boston, I don't know why I didn't move to Miami. <laughs> it will be completely different and I believe easier for me. Uh, so it, I realized that this place was cold. I didn't speak the language. I It was really difficult. Um, so I started working as, I don't know, as any other person and, you know, being a dishwasher, construction. I was a bouncer in a bar. I was a bartender i i have i counted once and i moved 10 times in five years wow wow finding places to you know live cheaper uh in some point it was funny because in some point i rented a full house on my name and i subrent the places but i had no idea about about house hacking and stuff like that and the funny part is that in some point i i also rented my room and i used to sleep in the couch on the weekends so I Airbnb my room. But again, I had zero knowledge of what I was doing. I was just surviving. <laughs> uh, so it. yeah, that's that's how I came here. And then it took me almost like two years, three years to, to finally be confident in speaking English. I, you know, I had to go to school while I have three jobs. And it was a commitment to learn the language. But I, I knew I knew that I could do more, uh, even if I couldn't reach my goal to be a stockbroker, because this is really difficult. I need to go to school and all the stuff here. So at least I say, okay, I'm gonna develop what I'm do. I'm, I'm good at. And uh, my background is in banking. I always work in banks. So I was like, okay, I can be a banker. And I had to start from teller to branch manager. And that took me four years. Without me, I remember my, my first interview, I, I went to the manager and I'm like, I know how to do pretty much everything in terms of the banking. I don't know the language. Like, mm. honestly, I couldn't say anything. I was, my English, English was so bad and I still make so many mistakes that I, it's something that I feel embarrassed all the time. But uh, I don't know, it, it was a, a really interesting. Sebastian, you have an amazing story because it, it goes to show like that you had all this experience, right? In the banking industry and and just being able to, as an example, right? Being in Colombia, being able to probably, you, you will go to work in a suit or something and then coming to the States and like starting from zero, right? And that's something that like a lot of our parents, a lot of a lot of us have done to go from one end to starting from, from zero. Um, how How did you feel through that process of like, okay, I've been coming from another country to now um, being a dishwasher and starting from scratch. It was honestly a big impact uh, because when I was in Colombia, I never, you know, I never had, you know, a lot of money or stuff like that, but I worked hard for what I had. So I, I opened my first business when I was 21. And, you know, like the status of like having a business when mm -hmm. I moved here, I was 25. I was like, oh, I'm the guy. I, I create this and I'm doing good. 
once I face, oh, but I have to be a dishwasher. I need to do this. And I, it was a, honestly, it was a, a big impact. But honestly, what I was thinking is like, this is going to make me, you know, learn and have the experience. And this is a path. Like, it's never easy at the beginning. It's always disorganized at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end, it started getting in shape and shape. So I, I face it with, I don't know, the biggest encourage or biggest uh, fearless that I could and I cry I suffer I slept in the subway once I slept in my car for a month I, it was really really difficult but I was like always I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it my my goal was once I joined the bank I was like I need to reach a higher salary because I need to spend you know pay my expenses I help my family mm-hmm. in Colombia so I do my best. I needed to make money. So I wasn't even thinking, how do I feel? I'm like, I, I have no choice mm-hmm. I have to do this. Uh, Did you say, could you say that you have a strong why back then that actually helped you push through those tough times? What was that why for you? Yeah, now that I learned with you guys, the, the why and the reason behind, yes, I believe that's what keeps me motivated. Uh, my why is on, was always to support my family. That's my, that was my why. Uh, at back at the time, I didn't have a kid or anything. I wasn't married, but that was my why. I, I always wanted to see my my brother, my sister, my mom in a better situation. I'm like, okay, I'll do it for them, and no matter what it takes, I'll do it. I'm young. I always, as a banker and as my background, I always like to take risk, and I I'm really a risk person, a risky person. I don't know how to say that. And I say this risk is doable because I'm still young. I can do it. I can suffer and, you know, a little bit, but I'm not going to do that to my mom, which is like almost 60 something. She already did what she had to do. She shouldn't be working for my college, for my responsibilities. That should be me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, Sebastian, because I, a lot of us, um, that are, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are like first generation immigrants or like our parents came to this country and then, you know, we did what we had to do, but we've been here young. Sebastian, how long have you been in the States now? Almost seven years. Almost seven years. And you've accomplished so much in so little time. Um, I know you personally as a friend, as a mentee in rat race, um, as a, as a client. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that I, that I know about you. Um, and it's interesting because it sounds like, it, you know, it took, it took me 30 years to get to where I'm at. It took Diego, Diego, I don't know how, when did you come to this country, Diego? Uh, I was nine years old. So 29 years, years old. Ago. So Diego's got 20 something years on you. Sebastian, you've been here for six and a half and what you've accomplished is nothing short of a miracle and amazing. I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't believe you give yourself enough credit and I'm excited to hear the rest of your story. But before we keep going, um, I can already see and smell and feel the entrepreneur spirit on you because of what you're talking about. But can you give us more insight into how you uh, went up the ranks in the banking industry, um, especially without you know being solid in the English language? Like, how did you move up the ranks? Tell us some stories about that. Uh, that was interesting. I I had to take this English as second class as second language uh, classes. I found them uh, at night. Uh, so I used to work the, work during the day and two jobs and they go to school at night. And it was, this is a little bit interesting about the story, but it was a lot of Latinos 
you know, a lot of people, immigrants from other countries and everything, but the majority were Latinos. We speak Spanish. Yeah. And it's the first time where I, like I said, I was no a good student ever. I was never in the first chair of the classroom or anything like that. But when I joined that, I yeah, honestly was. put my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put my headphones and I say, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm not interested in creating any relationship with you. And that was made me feel so bad as a person. But I was like, I know how you speak. I know that we can communicate. Even if it's uh, someone from other country that we both don't speak Spanish, that was my goal. So it was difficult. It took me, you know, I, I could open many doors and opportunities meeting other people, but, but I was focused. I, I say I needed to learn English. I delete everything in Spanish on my phone, all the music. I only, I listened to NPR news for years, years, every single day. Because my goal was to understand when they say the, the time. It is 7 a.m. in the morning when I was in the train. And I'm like, oh, now I'm understanding. So focus was my, my, my main point on that. And through that, they, they taught us, or they were teaching us how to uh, do our resume. So when I passed my resume, someone saw it and said, like, oh, you have experience. Like, usually we, we try to help the people who, with, which, uh, who has degrees. So bankers, lawyers, nurses, doctors. So they put me in, a, in another program where they sponsor me to teach me English uh, as a second language, but more like uh, going to school and learning how to write and everything. Um, and then from that little, from that place, it's not little, sorry, for that, uh, that place, they have a program called Banking and Finance. So I joined that because I had the knowledge. I just needed to learn the language. So in six months, they someone a recruiter went there and the teacher said, like, you have to talk to this guy. They happily gave me a job. Uh, and I started being a teller. And exactly two years in the same month, I remember this May 1st, 2017, I, I was a teller for the first time I got hired. And last uh, November 2021, I quit my job being as a branch manager. So it was amazing. I was, uh, I learned a lot. I was scared. I used to call my brother and say like, I don't know how to count the money. Like, how am I calling myself a banker? And I don't know how to count the bills. Like I want to, because the currency is different. I never count in English. It sounds funny, but I'm like, I'm pretty good in math, but I don't know how to do math in English. Like, uh -huh. how do you say por, uh, mas, menos? I, I don't know. I never learned that in English. So it, believe me, I was sure many times in the talent line. I, but the good thing that I did is uh, I created good relationships. I was good with clients. I connected with people in my Spanish. Give me my other, like, you know, the part of the story. Like that gave me the ability to really deep down into good conversations, good people. I start selling products. And I've done that before, forever. So I, it, it got me like really quick until I passed from, you know, teller to salesperson to assistant manager to branch manager. It was a pretty interesting uh, learning curve. Sebastian, I, I want to, I feel like I'm going to do this, this whole freaking podcast. I want to congratulate you on that. Just because like going up the ranks isn't easy. Not knowing the language makes it harder. Plus you like not understanding yeah, I mean, it makes it really hard, but there's two things that I want people to listen to on based on what you just said. When you went to your English class, you weren't there to make friends. You put your head down, 
you weathered the storm and you got through it and you learned as much as possible. I feel like a lot of times people get into this game to take a cute picture for Instagram. And we're talking about real estate now in my end. People take a cute picture for Instagram, go to events for the flashy lights and the mirrors, and they're not actually there learning, even though the opportunities are there for you to learn and make a lot of money. Sebastian, you went into this class, you put your head down, you said, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here for an objective and that's what I'm gonna do. And then the second thing I'm listening to is you did pick your head up to talk and make relationships in the right position. Now you're at the bank and now you're creating clients, relationships and business opportunities at the right time. And I feel like a lot of people, Sebastian, fail at this where they don't know when, where is the right time to do those things. They wanna build a relationship with somebody at an event when you're there to learn, in my opinion, go to an event, learn, take a picture with the person you want to network with and later send them a DM on IG, right? Like you have to know when and where is the right place. I'll never forget, um, oh God, what is the comedian's name? He always plays with The Rock, the short black guy. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart once said in an interview that he met Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos was like, oh, you're a comedian. I know you. And he said, I know I want to I know I want to talk to you and I know this isn't the right time. Can we take a picture and I'll talk to you later? And that has always stuck with me as a great way to network. He had the opportunity to talk to Jeff Bezos in that room and he didn't because he knew at that event, at that place, in that time, it wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right place to make a relationship. But he took advantage of just a small situation and then moved forward. So when Sebastian, when you said that you were in the class, but you were like, I'm going to focus. I know what I'm here to do. And then when you were at work, you knew there that that was the place to start making relationships to move up in the banking industry to get to where you're at um, uh, now. So uh, kudos to you, because whether you know it or not, those are perfect tactics to get ahead, which is why it's no surprise that you are where you are now. Yeah. yeah. So, Sebastian, what was your transition or when did you start getting into real estate? Um it's actually that's really connected with just what Felipe just said because through my connections in the bank I met my first partner which today we were partners in business but at that time we were friends and uh we always were talking about how to make money and extra money and you know I was working in the bank but I was still working at nights in other places um so I was like I need to get something my stock market was my number one priority always but I didn't have the capital. I needed to put a lot of more time to learn and I couldn't learn at that time. I was learning the English and surviving and like, I know I, I'm not I'm gonna fail on this if I start. So when I, 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 cr I came across with one of, uh, I believe it was Brandon video and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I wanna learn more and I wanna learn more. In 2019, I, dis I, I believe, uh, yeah, December 1st, uh, January 1st, 2019, when you do the chairs, I told my wife, we're gonna end up the year with two houses. We have no money, but we're gonna end up with two houses. She's like, okay, okay, sure, go and do it. I don't know how, but that year I ate so many books, podcasts, you guys content, everything else, like I'm here to learn. And I brought my friend from the banking industry and I say, you have the money, you have the credit, you have everything, I'll find you a deal. And I start analyzing deals over and over and over and over and over until I got his attention and said like, okay, let's do it. Honestly, I bought my two, three first houses without me even putting money. I paid him later. And, and why? Because I was doing what you guys been telling for so long, find a, find a way, 
I didn't have the credit because as you know, my credit is not the best. I just start building it. I didn't have the money. I didn't have, I don't know, the knowledge. I many times people say here, oh, I'm buying a house in Ohio. And I'm like, where is Ohio? I have no idea. <laughs> sorry, that was you know, funny. I'm sorry. It, 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 I, I, I did not mean to stuff. laugh out loud, but I, true, I, I, I do true. that sometimes too. So I, it is keep going. Don't mind me. So, so it, it, you know, I put everything that that person needed on the table for us to be partners. And then we start buying houses. So 2019, I started learning as much as I could, as I could. I closed my first property in September, 2019. And from that, I joined you guys uh, the year after, and I, it's been a, a, an amazing journey. <laughs> there's there's so much to unpack in that little that li- that little comment that that paragraph that you just spoke, Sebastian. Let's go back to where you when you met your partner at the bank. Were you looking and just yes or no? Were you actively looking for a partner or not? No. Okay. So that's where I love this story because I I always tell people. Like work on yourself before you try to find a partner. And we're going to talk about this in Arizona uh, at the conference that Diego and I are going to speak at. But like you, you were focused. God, dude, this brings me freaking chills. You are working on your English. You are working in the bank. You are working on moving up the ranks. You were you were working on yourself to be an opportunity for a great partner. You weren't actively looking for an opportunity. You were you were becoming the opportunity for someone else. And that is what creates a great relationship. Diego and I have a great relationship because in my opinion, I consistently try to bring opportunities that are good for Diego with time, wealth, finances, everything, right? And that's what you were doing. You were bettering yourself the best that you can, learning, devouring books and podcasts so that when that opportunity came about for you to be a good partner with somebody, it just became a natural thing that happened. So that's huge that that's what happened. And then the second thing is you didn't create or allow yourself an excuse. Sebastian, I honestly believe that because like you and, and, and the friends around me and my mom and my family were immigrants, you don't, we don't have a plan B. Like, what are, what are you going to fall back on? You were sleeping on your couch and you were renting out a room. Like, you can't get low. You know what I'm saying? Like, you what, go back to your country? That's not going to happen. It is why you're going to be successful because you don't have a plan B. And now you've worked on yourself and you've brought this opportunity to your partner uh, and you've created this like this environment where success can happen because you've worked on yourself and not, oh, well, I'm going to go find a partner that can that can do better for me versus you bring an opportunity to your partner and then not allowing yourself to have an excuse of no money, no credit, uh, the language. You don't even know where Ohio is. I, I could I don't think I could point Ohio on a map to you, Diego. You could probably. But um. <laughs> like you didn't allow yourself an excuse, Sebastian. And you were like, I don't have money. I don't have this. But you know what I do have? I have knowledge that I can leverage towards a partner that maybe has more time, money or the things that I don't have. I'm going to leverage that. And he's going to be able to leverage or she's going to be able to leverage my knowledge on real estate yeah. with finding the opportunities. Uh, Diego is, is is really good at this as well. Right. He brings a special gift into partnerships. Um and I think that those are some of the some of the best partnerships that happen. So, Sebastian, moving forward, um, tell us. I don't want to skip too far ahead in the story, but tell us um, how that partnership grew and what were some of the strengths and weaknesses that you guys had. How did you guys know that it was going to work? And and you guys, you said you're still business partners to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's a 
we've been learning a lot because it's different to being friends and then become a business partners. Yeah, right. So when we were friends, yeah, it's, it's nice that we share personal stuff and we talk about different things. But when you're business partner, you need to learn, as you mentioned, what do you have and what the other person don't have. Many times we discover that we have pretty much the same. So it's been more, you know, we work towards the same goal. So we need to learn how to do other type of things, which we we definitely call it like the foundation of the business. Um, but the partnership has been teaching me how to understand the other person, how to, you know, establish a good relationship without breaking or overpassing certain boundaries. Um, and I think that's really important when you create a partnership. You need to know what exactly your goal is. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I noticed to have a successful relationship in, or, or business partnership, which that's what it is, it's a relationship, it's a friendship, um, is how is this going to positively affect the other person and am I looking out for their best interest or just my own? Obviously, it has to be mutually beneficial in a partnership, but like, am I just, am I, should I be hiring a, should I be hiring an employee or am I looking for a partner? And, and a lot of the times I think people get into a business partnership and treat their partner as an employee versus a partner. And I think that's what breaks up a lot of business opportunities with, with, with partners, with partnerships, right? Um, so let's move on. Uh, Sebastian, what happened next? You got your first property. Tell us about that, uh, about that story. That was, that was awesome because uh, we put so many offers before we, we closed in our first property. So the first time that I placed an offer, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm signing a check for a thousand bucks and stuff like that. <laughs> I was so excited uh, and then nothing happened like, oh. another offer nothing happened another offer so i start creating this i don't know fearless like oh now i'm not scared to place an offer you know uh almost nine ten months after we finally got a property under contract their numbers make make, make sense uh and then we bought this is also a, another interesting thing i live in boston so the market here is really expensive so I couldn't do much in this market. So I have to also learn how to do out-of-state investment. So my first door was out-of-state. Uh, it's in Philadelphia. Uh, and then we bought it. We, we found a great agent. We started building the team. We started talking, you know, to the right people. And then one of these, uh, uh, you know, our best agent at this point, uh, he brought us a, an amazing deal. We bought super cheap and that property. We bought it. Do you want me to go over the numbers? Of course. Yeah. This is where Diego uh, lights up. We we bought it for um $67,000. It's a single family house and uh, we rented for we only put 15% down and we rented for 950 up to today. Ooh. So wow. We cash flow per property around 3 4 to 500 dollars per door. Nice. Uh, and if you go to section A, it's different, which is something else that I learned. And we are learning because there's a lot of things to learn. But the first deal gave me that, I don't know, that that affirmation that, hey, it's possible. Like, you can do this. You know, it wasn't that scary. It wasn't that difficult. It was, it was doable. You just need to keep trying and trying and trying. So that property today, uh, appreciate for 110 probably and it's only been a year and a half almost two years so that was a, a, an amazing home room uh it's our 
best property at this point. We're looking to refinance. Uh, now the property and pull some money out. But we had a great tenant. We learned how to screen tenants. So this first property was like the the door, you know, that opened, you know, to the uh, infinity future. Like it's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, what does your portfolio look like now? Mm, we have four doors uh, there in Philly. We are gonna close one soon. We got an offer accepted last Friday. Uh, that's in terms of my rentals. He has more in, under his name. Uh, I'm excited because today I also, uh, I'm gonna go and do the photo shoot for a short-term rental that we're gonna list it at the end of this month. Uh, and that's another uh, deal that came out of zero out of my pocket. One of my really good uh, clients from the bank, she always heard and listened to me talking about real estate. We had coffee every day, it was super nice. And at some point she called me and she said like, hey, I have you know, some money. I'm thinking to buy this property in the real uh, Airbnb. Do you want to help me? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I'll do everything for you. So I've been working in this deal for so long. Um, but I we finally probably going to uh, list it this month. So today at 2, I have the photo shooting. So that's also exciting. That's, I'm going to add a short-term rental into my portfolio, which I'm going to host. It's not mine, but I'm going to host it. Um, and yeah, that's it. I have... A property That's under amazing. contract in a short-term rental in four doors. That's me. That's Sebastian, awesome. that's powerful, bro. I feel like uh, your confidence needs to be so much higher. I'm so excited for you. Now, really quick, how long have you been doing real estate investing? Two years now? Nah, not even. Yeah, almost two years. Almost two years. Okay. It took me four and a half, four and a half years to reach financial independence. And then from there, it took off. But it took me four and a half years to get there. A lot of people think this happens overnight. They're like, oh, you should be able to reach five in a year. And it's like, no, absolutely not. In fact, I would rather it take longer because of the lessons that I learned um, along the way are lessons that I literally, Sebastian, still use to this day. So it's powerful that you're growing. Like, I get weary, Sebastian, when I see people that are like, oh, I'm financially free in a year and, and, I, and, and I became a millionaire the year next. I'm like... I want to see what you look like six, seven years down the road. Like that's where I really want to see where people are at. So I'm excited at the way that you're growing, the way you're creating partnerships because, okay, let's say, yeah, you bought four doors with one partner, but eventually you're going to be buying 50 doors with one partner as a, as a, a syndication deal or something, as you continue to scale and grow, you're going to grow your Airbnb business. And like doing that, think about it this way. Also, you came to this country seven years ago. And you're owner of four properties plus co-owner of an Airbnb already. Like, I can't imagine the sky's the limit for where you're going. Like, you don't have a stopping point. Literally, you're at your beginning. And uh, and I want you to know that because it's it's powerful what you're creating and also the impact that you're having for other people that are going to be listening to this. They're like, whoa, like he only came here seven years ago, only learned English very recently, um, and now owns four and is managing one Airbnb. And you're going to be able to continue to scale that, dude. Like, that's huge. That's powerful. Yes. And, and yeah. many times I still make a bunch of mistakes when I talk to people or when I they, I, I don't understand what they say when they have <laughs> big facts. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> dude, don't talk to Southern folk because then it's going to be over. Oh, I'm here man. in the South. You're not going to understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but that, that was really nice. And, and I actually ended up... Uh, helping these people i i was so uh, i don't know how do you say uh appreciate no uh grateful for for this 
English for New Bostonians is the name of the, 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 the non-profit organization, that they put the time to teach me and to take me to, you know, walk me through the process to be a banker and everything. So I ended up working uh, for, not working, like helping them uh, in the nonprofit organization. And last year I was a um, board member. And what they, what I used to do is I used to go to conference, not conference, like places and say, hey, this is me, this is my story. You immigrant, you can do it too. Look, I did it. It's no as perfect as everyone thinks but you can make it happen and through that it's a part of the real estate a part of the money that you can make it's like when you see that someone say like if this guy could do it i can do it too and i don't you know i've been a dishwasher for five years and i'm not seeing grow like go and try to be uncomfortable as you always say be uncomfortable try to be make your goal to be a you know a server so you're going to start speaking and I, I think that all of that pays way more than any type of business money that I can create. What you said earlier, Sebastian, about uh, the the lady that you're co-hosting now with it, uh, an Airbnb, it sounds like it's basically an Airbnb arbitrage or you're partnering with her and doing it. But what I like about the story also is that you used your unfair advantage to your advantage, right? And I'll let Diego talk a little bit more about the unfair advantage, but you were at the bank and you just built a natural relationship with people, but you always talked about your goal and what you want to do with real estate. And an opportunity came out of that when a lot of people know this story, but I, Sebastian, you were in the bank. I was on the construction site and I thought that knowing plumbers, handymen, contractors, painters, like I thought that was a disadvantage. Knowing what I know now, I know that it's an advantage, right? So like you used your, what you might've thought a disadvantage is by being in the bank to your advantage now when you're growing and building those relationships. Yeah. And it's really important to know too, that you were able to have the conversations so that when other people are ready, they know that you're, that you know about the market, that, that you, that you're already taking action on the real estate side so that your advantage becomes your knowledge, right? Where other people may have the money. Maybe at some point you didn't have the money or the opportunity to qualify and be bankable or whatever. But she's like, look, I want I want you to help me because of the because you have something that I don't have. And that is what becomes your unfair advantage. And understand that your unfair advantage too can be different depending on the partner, right? Because let's say that somebody else might might be like, hey, I I or like in a year, maybe you have a little bit more money. Um, and then you're able to partner up with somebody else that has the knowledge on another market. And then you can partner up, but use your unfair advantage in, in a different way. So it's very important to understand that. And I'm really happy that by you talking about it, you create more opportunities. The same thing happened with me at GM um, years ago was that I became, even though I was writing software and doing IT, I became known as like the the realtor for them. And it was just, that became my unfair advantage. It's like, I knew that all the young people were going to buy houses at some point. So I became the knowledgeable guy and then boom, I was able to help them out. So Sebastian, that's, it's, it's really cool to see that, um, how you've been able to progress and there are going to be more opportunities that are going to come up. Um, but you mentioned something earlier that you said that you quit your job um re- recently yes I, w- I have two questions what was that decision like what caused you num- number one to decide on that 
and what's happening for you next? Uh, great question. I it was a it took me time to make the decision, uh, mm -hmm. but I I don't know if it's probably I'm thinking that I could make this faster enough, or I don't know. I believe in myself, <laughs> so I say if I if I did this with a W two, you know, having a normal life and everything in a year and a half. Imagine what I can do if I do this full time, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I had the opportunity, like I said, I had my baby and I had paternity leave time. And also at that time, the bank was um, in a merge with that other bank, but the previous bank that I work. So they offered me, do you want to come back and work after? Or you, or you want a severance package? And I was like, I think that's, I don't know, many people could have said like, oh my God, what is going to happen to me in my life and blah, blah. I was like, this is the opportunity, the push that I was always waiting for. Like I always, in, in the bank before I had people or clients that work in the real estate world, and they always told me, you have to have enough money to survive for six months. And I'm like, okay, I don't have that now. But when this opportunity came, I'm like, okay, I have some capital that I can save. I can survive for six months you know what, I'm going to take the leap of faith uh, and I'm going to go and do it. So that's, that's what I did. That's What's awesome. the plan, Sebastian? What's the plan? What do you, what do you want to do? The plan now I'm, I'm, I'm wholesaling. So I started wholesaling uh, recently. Well, it's been a, a few months, three months at this point. Um, haven't closed a deal yet, but I put a few properties under contract. I'm learning a lot. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's not something that you say success doesn't happen like that. It took me, it took me three or four, 120, uh, four months, 109 days, I think to do my first wholesale deal. I think that's what it took me. So I've been, I've been, you know, redefining this strategy and working more towards like, I made a connection through, through you guys, uh, with a, a friend in Connecticut. So we're working with foreclosures. I was door knocking. I was, I'm still hustling and that's what I like. And that's what's going to happen this year. I'm going to work and dedicate my whole time to this and my family. Of course, that's my priority. Number one, um, that's, that's what's going to happen now, <laughs> man. You look that's so cool. happy and I'm so proud of you for making the jump. Um, yeah. yeah, it's huge, dude. It's really important. And here, here's the thing. What they told you about the six months is the same thing that I tell everybody, especially on the realtor side. I tell them, look, just because everybody gets excited. And everybody's like, dude, Diego, I want to be just like you. I want to close properties, this and that. Help, <laughs> help, help, help the families. Yeah. And I always tell them, look, you can get to that. You can get to the point where you have 10 homes under contract as a realtor or 20, whatever. But just know this, the first six months, you're probably not going to make any money. So in month two, when they're like, Diego, dude, like I need to, like, I really need a deal or this or that. Uh, I, I'm still looking for clients. I'm like, what did I tell you? You're is six months. You're only two months in, and I told you six. So I'm like, just trust the process. Keep on doing what what you're doing because the work that we put in now. For example, let's say that you are cold calling, right, to find your wholesale deals. You it will take time to follow up. So let's say two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Then you get it under contract. Then you have another month to sell the property and all of that. And on the realtor side, it's even longer because you have to find the client. Then you show them the homes and they might even say, hey, I'm looking to move in two months. So then the work that you put in today, you're close, you, you start showing homes in two months. Then you close 30 days later and then you get paid. 
So it does take a little bit of time and patience is key. And that is the reason why people quit real estate, whether you're doing wholesaler or realtor, I feel like the patience is the thing that sets other people apart. Sebastian, what kept you going when you were learning English? Couple sentences. What kept you going? I don't know. Uh, my family, like I said. Okay. What kept you going when you were moving up the ranks in the banking industry? Like what motivated you to be successful? Uh, I don't know. Being a successful immigrant or being that kind of role model for someone. Okay. Mm. Those two same answers need to be why you're going to be successful this year in business and real estate. Take those same whys and now add your kid. And that's why you're going to continue to be successful because you're not going to give up. Like in the very beginning when you're learning English, you were putting your head down, you were listening, you threw your headphones on, you didn't listen to the noise and you kept going. When you got to the banking industry, you started making connections, you were telling everybody, you were using, you knew when to pick your head up and finally talk to people. Use the lessons that you've learned so far. And that is the exact word for word pencil by pencil, dynamic, strategy, whatever, to be successful in real estate. Exactly what you're doing there now. Put your head down, grind. Lift your head up when you know when you know it's time to talk and 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 network and do those things. Yes. You're gonna be you're gonna it's gonna be great. I can't wait to interview in a year and and you're doing more more deals than, than ever. You'll be you'll be closing two, three wholesale deals a month. It took me all last year. All last year, Sebastian, all I made was seventy thousand dollars. In wholesaling, no, uh, that's a lie. Um, eighty-nine thousand something thousand, like like under ninety grand last year is what we made wholesaling. And I went to three events. Uh, I I met with Gonzalo, and I started a team with me and Adam, and we made about ninety thousand last year, a little bit less. So it took me a whole year. And then this year we've already made more than six figures, in less than three months. But it's because last year we put our head down and learned. Does that make sense? Kind of like when you're learning English. And then this year we've picked our head up and just hit the ground going. Yes, that's yeah. true. And you've executed on the, like you have built those habits already yes. that momentum gets to catch up on. And that's the momentum that you begin to actually see the results. Sebastian, that's, you want to know my why? Mean. My why is because Diego said I couldn't make it as a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> he could not make it as a realtor. He so I said dead. I would be a wholesaler. Yeah. Do you, know, you want to know something funny? I heard someone uh, telling me sometime, uh, in some point, you will never make $100,000. And I'm like, really? That Those things motivate me a lot. I'm like, challenge me and I will do it. Have you done your taxes this year? I have, yes. What did you, you, you make? Yesterday. I make $105,000 last year. Let's go. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you crossed buddy. six figures in less than seven years of coming to this country. Yes. Do you still have that client or whoever that was his information? You should send him a screenshot of your of your taxes. Diego actually went viral a couple years back where he posted a picture back when like the whole DACA thing was a big thing in the, in the news. Diego mm -hmm. posted a picture on his Facebook, I think it was, that he paid like Diego, you know this story obviously better than I do. What what was it? Yeah, yeah. So I paid, um, I yeah, I paid twenty eight thousand dollars in taxes. Um, the reality was thirty two, but that was just like the last 
thing. Um, yeah. So I shared a picture of that, of how I was able to pay taxes at that amount. And I was 27, 26 years old. Um, and just sharing like, look, I've been able to accomplish all this. I have eight properties at the time. I employ Americans, even though I'm a DACA recipient and undocumented. And that post went viral because that was when, when the Trump administration was trying to remove DACA. And they say that they were removing DACA because we're taking away jobs. And I was like, no, like you're not going to I'm literally giving jobs and paying yeah. taxes. And Sebastian just, just did the same thing. Sebastian, you made six figures. And, uh, and that's powerful, dude. You're making six figures. You, you have four, four doors closing on your fifth here soon or taking the pictures for the Airbnb and you've started wholesaling, uh, overnight success looks like five years worth of work, right? Everyone, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs say that and, and overnight success looks like five years of work. And that's, what are you a year two? What did you say? You're a real estate year two? It's like, yeah, dude, it's going to be amazing. So Sebastian, what's what's in the future for you? What are your goals for 2022 before we wrap this up? Uh, my goal for this year is I'm going to create or generate $500,000, whether it's in revenue or appreciation. So Let's I'm going to do my best to, to reach that. Uh, I made a, a commitment in front of you guys and in front of a bunch of people. And I'm, I had that idea every day in my mind. So that's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to work really heavily in the, in the learning as much as I can in the wholesaling. Uh, I'm working really close with the REI call center. I'm working really close with you guys. And I, I honestly take the time to tell you thank you for your stories and because you motivate me and that honestly changed my mind uh, in my life. I was not doing this two, three, five years ago, even though I was, you know, doing a lot. I, I learned real estate through you guys. So uh, my goal is to continue doing my wholesaling, uh, organizing my Airbnb taking care of my rentals and I don't know, keep learning. <laughs> That's it. good, dude. That's good. And 2022 is going to be amazing. So oh, yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait until I go to the Sebastian. conference and tell you I did this. <laughs> oh, of course, bro. That's going to be, that's going to be on deck. I can't wait to see that. Sebastian, where can people find out more about you? How can people resonate with you? How, how can people connect with you? There's going to be a lot of people that listen to the show um that are daca or immigrant to this country that would just want to learn where can people find you um my instagram is sebas romi 09 um and people can email me my email is sebas rodriguez at outlook.com which is sebas but no nobody called me sebas <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's that's where people can reach out to me um I'm always happy to help as I, I try to help as much as I can from my banker perspective uh, in terms of, you know, investments or what to do, how to pull the money out, uh, how to do HELOCs, how to do refinance. So uh, any, I love those conversations so people can reach out to me all the time. Uh, yeah. I love to help. Yeah. And you've been a huge asset to a lot of people within the rat race community too, because I know a lot of them have reached out to you about lines of credit, HELOCs, you're giving a presentation on it multiple times, I think. So thank you very much also for providing that value to the Rad Race community. So I'm excited. So we will be in touch, Sebastian. See you, buddy. Take care. Thank you, guys. The Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.